0: i'm matthew i'm marty i'm carlos
1: and we are the heroes three Welcome to Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. And this week we are very, very, very excited to jump into a little arc looking at Jackie Chan's breakout in America. And that starts with... Probably the most famous Hong Kong production Jackie Chan's been in, or arguably, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And that is Rumble in the Bronx from 1995, starring, of course, uh, Jackie Chan and directed by Stanley Tong.
2: God, this is so exciting. I mean, this is a huge, uh, yeah, a hugely significant point in the career of Jackie Chan and in the great history of Hong Kong and action cinema and uh I don't know. I'm just endlessly excited and passionate and giddy about this movie.
0: Man. Yeah. Um, I can't (laughs) really, I guess. Yeah, man, it was, it was so huge. I know uh, for me and a lot of my friends, this was like just an amazing way to enter this world of Hong Kong action. Um, I definitely had seen movies before this and I definitely enjoyed kung fu movies, but, um, really there was this energy and excitement after everybody saw Rumble in the Bronx that you just could talk to anybody and like, oh man, like it it just start conversations. (laughs) It's, it's like an entry, it's like a gateway drug into, uh, Hong Kong cinema. And I, I also think that it's funny, um, I would say like, you know, around Enter the Dragon. I would say around, uh, let's see, The Karate Kid in like the mid 80s. You have these like big movies that kind of pull people to study martial arts. And I think for a lot of people. This is a huge
2: flashpoint like that. Yeah,
0: a a lot of people. Rumble in the Bronx is also one of these films. And um, I definitely have a lot of friends that entered the world of martial arts because of Rumble in the Bronx.
2: Yeah, and I I think I also just have so much goodwill towards the movie because it's really the forerunner for the international career of Jackie. Yeah, calling it the Trojan horse isn't really accurate because there's nothing (laughs) uh, like deceptive about this. Um, It's really positioning Jackie in such a perfect way for American audiences. Uh, I also love looking at it just as a piece of history from the 1990s it falls like smack in the middle of that decade <laughs> it's like the most like beautiful little example of 90s culture i think um, oh yeah american and and hong kong culture um and so yeah i i kind of have a feeling that even if someone uh hasn't seen rumble in the bronx it's you're you're probably going to have a similar kind of relationship with it because it's in many ways, it's like, it's the calling card of, of Jackie Chan and his international career, you know, from the nineties onwards.
0: Yeah, sure. I, you know, it's, it's a movie that was basically made to showcase Jackie. Um <laughs> You think about the film itself and, you know, he's kind of this... It's almost like a fish-out-of-water kind of situation where he comes to the States, quote-unquote, and ends up encountering a lot of Americans and it's kind of him against the world. And the stunt work is really good in the film. I would say that there aren't any uh, comparable fighters to Jackie. So when you see him fighting multiple people in this movie... It's uh y- you know when it comes to martial arts, he's outclassing everyone, but you are just seeing his acrobatics, and all of the people he's fighting end up being like in a beat 'em up where it's like you just encounter goons after goons, <laughs> and you're you're just you just want to beat everybody up and get to the next scene. But these
1: guys are like final fight. Goons. They totally, <laughs> like, are. Yeah. yeah. Totally. And you we have these... a
2: couple of our, our Jackie Chan stunt team mm-hmm. uh, regulars. We've got Rocky lie and Alan sit. And I think Mars is in, in the mix somewhere, but yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I don't know. Rumble. It's, it's a, I think a just perfect showcase of Jackie's values when it comes to character and storytelling and the kind of character he wants to portray. So we, we see both the incredible sort of superhuman feats of his martial arts, like he's incredibly accomplished and uh, skilled and powerful, but he also is positioning himself as the underdog and he kind of revels in his character being hurt or being outnumbered. Um and I think it was it made a really huge impact on audiences whose previous exposure to martial arts was like you're saying, Carlos, maybe the karate kid or Bruce Lee. It's in so many ways Jackie is is kind of like a, a polar opposite to Bruce Lee. And I think we've talked about that before <laughs> in the podcast where he's not um trying to make himself look like some kind of unstoppable Superman. He he sort of seems to see the sweet spot as being like this everyman that somehow miraculously is able to do these wonderful things. And yeah, I don't know. There's just, there's, there's something so special to that recipe and it seems to work again and again.
0: Yeah, everything really lined up well. When Rumble came out here, it was through New Line. And I think just right around that time, the Mortal Kombat movie came out too. (laughs) Like the first one. Oh, sure. Actually, if I'm remembering right, the trailer for Rumble in the Bronx, the music in the trailer. uh, No, the music from the trailer is all cues from Mortal Kombat. Uh. I'm pretty (laughs) sure. Oh, dude, nice. I believe it. New Line Cinema presents the action hero
1: who does all his own stunts.
0: Jackie Chan. It's just kind of cool how everything really lined up to make this a success. Like, I think it cost something like seven or eight million, and it ended up making like 90 million. Yeah, in...
2: and it was number one in America for its opening weekend in the box office, which is and I was kind to... of incredible to think of.
0: Yeah, I don't think I saw it in the theaters when it came out, but I, I definitely watched it a million times once it came out on home video. Yeah,
1: yeah. It seems like one of those home video kind of movies, like
0: yeah, like
2: wear out your tape kind of thing.
1: Yeah, I really don't have a, a history with this movie because again, I'm a little younger than you guys, so it kind of flew over everything I knew. Like whenever the first times I heard about Jackie Chan was like Rush Hour and all that. Mm-hmm. Sure, so,
3: sure.
1: But yeah, this one is. It's interesting because after the last arc, which was very, very martial artsy martial arts movies, there are martial arts in this, obviously because it's Jackie Chan, but a lot of it really is just kind of a feats of like stunts mm-hmm. and you know uh sets and special effects and everything more so than it is a a uh, uh, I don't what the word is demonstration of martial arts and martial arts prowess. Yeah, Holy. I think
2: that's so true. It's it's really like the Jackie Chan and Hong Kong sensibility on display. And for a lot of American audiences that hadn't kept up with those films, and it was actually really difficult to have kept up with those with those movies. Um, this was such a shock to the system, the resourcefulness of uh, how Jackie uses his environment and props is in his environment, the kind of uh, close calls and the stunts, which like, like you're saying, Matthew, it's not all about fighting. It's also about, um, kind of high wire physical stunts and, uh, escapes and leaps and jumps and all kinds of great stuff. It's, you know, Jackie had been brewing this for years and years, and we have touched on some really key films in that trajectory through the podcast. Uh, but by 1995, Jackie, and we're of course going to talk about the director, Stanley Tong a, a lot today, I expect mm-hmm. also, but they were just so primed and ready to, to kind of create the perfect package for American audiences, I think.
0: Yeah, and I'm glad that you mentioned about the martial arts too, Matthew, because like the finale of this film isn't a big fight. It's <laughs> right. actually a big stunt, basically. Uh, <laughs> and know, it, like a huge a set. Really surprising piece, kind of. set
2: piece too. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so that kind of shows you how they were kind of positioning this as an action film and not a kung fu film and i think it really works and the martial arts you get in it are like this kind of added bonus and just seeing Jackie handle multiple assailants in creative ways like yeah it's unparalleled it's 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 magic in this film and i can you know i know what it was like when the movie came out back then like yeah. i said i didn't see it in the theaters but seeing that and then just you know, wanting to see more of it was just so infectious. And yeah. Well, and I
2: think that recipe was really key. I think if it weaned heavily on the martial arts, there's a chance that would probably be a little too specific um, and niche for kind of a mainstream audience. Where Rumble in the Bronx uh, is kind of a a natural bridge to a lot of 80s and 90s B-movie action films. (laughs)
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. It's it's just it's a '90s action movie that's just done incredibly well. Like so many things in it are yeah. like the the Perfectly kind of the, yeah. the almost stereotypical kind of '90s action stuff with like cars driving towards the camera and crashing into things, and you know people hopping off of like fire escapes and
2: yeah, it's not that different from the sensibility of the Martial Law
0: episode. That oh,
1: not covered. at all, and yeah. and actually stanley tong directed the pilot episode of martial law so it (laughs) kind of makes sense
0: yeah yeah so and this i believe is the second time that jackie worked with stanley uh super cop would have been the first time but then it was released afterwards after all of these movies you know became so popular and actually i can mention that too like i would say like something like Final Fantasy Seven. You know how Final Fantasy Seven was like <laughs> so popular, and then literally any RPG right. that that would come out there, like, yeah, let's bring it out in America. That's yeah. what happened after Rumble in the Bronx. They're like, right? It sort of Kung led Kung the movie? charge for all these others. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 totally.
2: Yeah, and it's interesting. Like when we were covering Super Cop, I think we talked about how stanley was intentionally trying to uh, design a production that was aimed at international audiences and aimed at america um like you said it didn't take off uh in in real time but it's it's clear when when you watch Super Cop. i mean the american cut isn't dramatically different from the original Hong Kong cut. We talked about what some of those differences were, but they had already basically completed a proof of concept of this uh, incredibly appealing and really universally appealing Jackie Chan led action movie. And uh, I mean, that had to be (laughs) such a thrill once rumble took off to know that you had something like super cop in the can that's ready to go and executed on such a high level.
0: Yeah, we can talk about uh, the different versions of the film a little bit. So uh, one of the major things that's interesting to me about the film is that when they filmed it, everybody was speaking their native language and they would go on to dub it according to the markets. So you can kind of tell when you're watching the film. You can see when people are speaking (laughs) English. You can see when people are speaking Cantonese.
1: And it's funny because you can even tell that the actor is speaking English but it's still being dubbed over in
0: English. Yeah, and it yeah. actually yeah, makes totally. for an interesting experience. Like, I really remember does. when yeah. I watched it, originally I was thinking, oh, did they do this as a joke? Kind of like a take <laughs> on older Kung Fu <laughs> movies? Because it's like, I see their mouth moving, but it's just a little off. And the, the dubbing is so over the top and it i think really like the dubbing for this movie is very cartoonish but it's, i it's goofy yeah <laughs> like, I, some I enjoy the, it. it's
1: funny because i i do too uh jackie dubs himself so he's you know he's fine he's jackie chan but everyone else is like this almost it, it's not quite a cartoon because cartoons tend to have you know really good professional voice but actors. yeah it has <laughs> the
2: same kind of energy and hey you yeah know, like Let's get him. Yeah. Personally,
0: I, mean, I love um Uncle Bill's dubbing voice. It's, oh, Uncle Bill it's Bill's so voice funny. is
3: incredible. Wow. This place really looks wonderful. Of course, this is Manhattan. Is there a supermarket near? <laughs> I can only dream about having a market here. No,
2: my market's in the Bronx. <laughs> and it's the so the dubbing voice of Danny sounds very similar oh, to the kid's voice from the set, but that's. Again, that's one of my favorite things about this movie. (laughs) Some of his lines are... My my cushion! (laughs) Oh,
1: that's such a good one. No! That's my new cushion! (laughs)
2: It's so interesting, though, as far as the dub goes, it seems like, to some degree, it's something that Stanley had planned for, and he's often uh, shooting and cutting scenes in a way where you're not that fixated on actual whip movements, of the Mm actors, which is really kind of interesting. So you're able to get away with it. But I also, from what I understand of the development of the movie, I think the demand of the total redub, um, or new lines demand, I think kind of took him by surprise. And Mm -hmm. I don't think he was expecting the film to be redubbed to the extent that, to the extent that it was.
0: Yeah. And I wondered too, because, um, this is one of the films that were, uh, rescored, by uh j peter robinson yeah and um i really enjoy it i like uh the work that he did on this film and actually the other jackie films that he rescored as well um yeah yeah totally but yeah yeah, he
2: replaced kind of a legendary composer it's crazy
0: (laughs) yeah his name is nathan wong and he's he's super prolific he he's kind of this like uh, prodigy, and um, yeah. he he did Rumble in the Bronx, uh, First Strike, Who Am I? He's gone on to still do uh, work. He uh, rescored. I mean, he scored Stanley Tong and Jackie's Kung Fu Yoga in 2017. But he's done work for Spielberg. He's written operas. He's just like Dang. amazing. And at, the more I was digging into his work, I was just like, I can't believe they. We're like, ah, let's throw another guy on this movie. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, wait, what? And uh, from yeah. the small uh, portions, I've been trying to find the score and I can't. But from the portions that I've heard, it sounds like it's more, much more jazzy score to the film. And that huh. just kind of gets me really excited. I'd love to yeah. hear it. So I'm going to keep digging. Hopefully I can find it. Yeah,
2: I could see that. It's funny. It's I kind of have the sense that New Line's note um, was i don't know was maybe more of just like a a major surgery for the um or sorry not major surgery the opposite of of major surgery that like <laughs> even if they had like maybe a subtle problem with um some of the some of where they would have taken the soundtrack that they just thought it was easier to just kind of replace it wholesale. And so I don't think they're using any audio elements that came from Hong Kong. Yeah. At all. I agree. So no sound effects, no dialogue, no mm-hmm. music. It was, they must've just seen that as, as kind of an easier operation, but yeah. And um,
0: new line edited down the film a little bit too. And it seems like most of the cuts are on kind of like the comedic, Portions of the film and it kind of makes the film more uh, action heavy Uh, uh, they just trim some stuff down i kind of took notes on like some of the stuff that they cut Uh, there is the wedding of uncle bill and his new wife there's a scene where they're both wearing chinese traditional clothes and they're singing and they cut that out there's some extended footage of jackie in front of the two-way mirror which is mm. kind of funny. He's like picking at his armpit and stuff. Um, the bottle breaking scene is a bit longer. Um, let's see what else was there. There's <laughs> uh, an, like when they're um, throwing the bottles at him in the in the alley. Yeah, yeah. It's a Gee, it's kind that's of, already a really long scene. Yeah, it's kind of longer. Um, there's an extra scene with like the biker gang harassing Elaine at the store, and and then uh, this is after the bottle scene and. Uh, Jackie shows up and kind of says, you know, you got get out of here. I called the cops and um, then they run off um, and the scene where they're chasing Jackie through the parking structure and then at the top of the parking structure, Angelo, one of the thugs kind of shows his butt and Jackie like whips <laughs> it. Um, oh, yeah. That's that scene's edited. So he's like he's he doesn't show his butt. Um, huh. And Let's see. Oh, Wait, there's so like in
2: the Hong Kong version. He doesn't show his butt.
0: Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh, interesting. It, so there are some actual weird. cuts
2: to the Hong Kong um, version right. of the movie, then as well. Oh, that's and then now don't they um, try to cover from some of the editorial cuts by uh, kind of changing the the script for what they put in the dub for for some of well, there's a of the couple of
0: things like. that change. Yeah. So in the intro, um, when Jackie is in the truck with Uncle Bill or Kyung is in the truck. With Uncle Bill. They're coming into the city. Uh, He mentions that he's a police officer. So they don't mention that at all. In the New Line version of the film. And then. uh, There's a thing where. They kind of streamline Elaine. Purchasing uh, the store. So uh, after the first meeting. She's kind of on the fence. And uh, I think. In the Hong Kong version. He convinces her at the wedding. To purchase the store but in the new line version she has agreed and they use the dialogue to just confirm that she's already agreed that she bought the store at Hmm. the wedding just little things like that but it actually isn't too major and I think most of the cuts uh, were like I said made to kind of trim down the non-action bits of the film
2: right and maybe like cut out some comedic things that play would play different to a Hong Kong audience maybe
0: yeah maybe um I know that I think there's a Japanese DVD release by Warner that has the longer cut. Um, and doesn't that have like the
2: recorded audio? Is that the version that has the recorded audio?
0: I'm not
1: sure. Like from
2: like the. Oh, like
0: from yeah, because right. where they actually like sync sound. Yeah. Well, you can actually hear everybody speaking in their native language on that cut of the film. I'm not as familiar with it because like I was like everyone else, I was swept in with the new line version. So that's really what I know. But yeah, it's it's cool that there are these two versions. And I think for me personally, my takeaway is that I just want to hear that score <laughs> like yeah, i really want to totally. hear, yeah, hear what that now. sounds like and if it is like i think like it's more jazzy i can only totally see some hollywood dude saying like uh, oh, let's make it sharper like add some rock and roll to this you know <laughs> right <laughs>
2: man what's so um, interesting with the the sequence in which the movies ended up coming out in america um because super cop was jackie's first movie shot with Sink Sound, which we talked about on that episode, uh, when it came out in America after Rumble in the Bronx it must have seemed like this sort of step up, you know, it's like, oh okay none of that uh, dubbing or at least not as much of that dubbing anymore um, yeah. this is all spoken on set, but it uh, it seems like, yeah, this was probably not Stanley's plan to have the entire movie kind of re-dubbed but it's, yeah, it's definitely part of the charm of it now, you can't I don't think you can really separate it Mm-hmm.
1: so before we get into the movie itself because this is this is a crazy popular movie and if you're listening to this episode you've probably seen it 800 times already so what we <laughs> thought would be interesting and okay and what by that i mean what carl saw would be interesting is that <laughs> we sorry that's that's kind of mean um that's, is that no, i like it <laughs> is to uh kind of give a primer on jackie chan himself and kind of where his you know how his life and his career kind of leading up to this point where this was his huge breakout in america though it wasn't the first time they tried to break him out in america so we'll
0: learn a little more about that from carlos so take it away okay yeah so um i'm gonna start at the beginning i'm kind of touched on points in his history and i basically wrote like a school report on this guy for <laughs> for myself nice. so um, so just um, imagine
2: yeah you're standing in front
0: of the podcast class yeah. hi mm-hmm. my name is carlos and i wrote about jackie chan okay so jackie chan was born in 1954 which is the year of the horse and uh interesting fact about that is that his mother carried him for like Three months longer than a normal nine month term. Whoa. Which is really crazy. He was huge. He was like 12 pounds. And Jeez. he was born, they named him Chan Kong Sang, which means born in Hong Kong. And um <laughs> his parents nicknamed him A Pao, which is cannonball, because he was so big. <laughs> so uh, as a kid, he was kind of a troublemaker. And, um. Uh, he would train with his father, who kind of um, studied hungar. Uh, he wasn't a martial artist by profession, but um, when Jackie went into school, he'd kind of get in trouble and kind of fight with people. And uh, his father worked for uh, the French ambassador in Hong Kong in the area called Victoria Peak. And um, they were pretty poor, and times were tough. And he got the chance to uh, work in australia for the american consulate as a cook so um in doing so they made a decision to uh have jackie get taken care of you know they're kind of worried about their wealth and uh, the hardships so there is a place called the china drama academy we've mentioned the peking opera uh school a bunch of times on the podcast so far (laughs) so um this was the uh place run by yu jim yun and uh it's what they decided to do is enroll him into this boarding school and kind of they took him out of school and he was there for 10 years. And in that 10 years, he went uh trained in martial arts, in dance and song and theater, many different skills that they thought would be useful for him as he was growing up. So in that time, he encountered... A lot of familiar faces that we know now so um he was fortunate enough to become one of the seven little fortunes so this was a group of kids that were more than seven but um we know a lot of them now so samuel was part of this group yunbyu yunwa Yunque, koryun um yuntak yuntai and Mo. all all of these men that we, a lot of them we come to know in Hong Kong cinema. And they all would take their master, Yu Jim Yoon's name. So Jackie was known as Yun Lo while he was in school until Samuel left. So Samuel was Yun Long and he was kind of like the bully, kind of the big brother of the school. <laughs> and uh, eventually Big he, brother big, right? Yes, exactly. <laughs> so he would sustain an injury that kind of put him out of commission for a while. And actually... Uh, he ended up leaving the school uh, shortly after that injury. And was that once...
1: the was that the injury where he gained all the weight and that's yes and and that's why he's he's so big because he was never really able
0: to lose. Yeah, it. yeah, exactly. So um, once he left, he kind of left them with kind of this warning, saying, "Hey, the Peking Opera isn't gonna be a thing anymore. You need to look to the future, and the future is in film." So this kind of stuck with the kids and jackie kind of as he was growing up turning into a teenager he started to work in films as a stuntman kind of like this background guy kind of get beat up don't show your face on camera but um as a teenager jackie started to get work in film as a stuntman and slowly crawled his way up into leading roles um you can see his background work in films like fist of fury he's the guy that flies through you see him in a couple of scenes but he's Kind of the guy that gets flown through the air by Bruce Lee's jump kick. And, uh, obviously the now infamous scene from Enter the Dragon where, um, Jackie's kind of gets beat up, right? Mm. <laughs> Everybody knows that now. Yeah. Um, right. and it was, uh, thanks to a, a friend of his and a talent agent named Willie Chan that he started to get more leading roles. So there's a film called The Cub Tiger from Kwantung in 1973 that starred Jackie and that would end up becoming the film called A Master with Cracked Fingers that was released in 1979. They had to do like some like editing around to make the movie work. But um, that was one of like these first like leading roles for Jackie. So then he would end up doing work with Lo Wei, who Lo Wei was the director that really brought Bruce Lee, and so like all the big, you know, Big Boss and uh, Fist of Fury, Fist of Fury, yeah, yeah. These are movies that Lo Wei handled with Bruce Lee. So when Jackie started doing this work, um, it was kind of frustrating to him because they were really kind of trying to make him the next Bruce Lee. There was a break for him; they were able to loan him out to a film company called Seasonal Films, and with this, he met Yong Wu Ping, (laughs) and. we know we, yeah we know what happens now so yeah. he was finally given the freedom to kind of express himself the way he wanted to in uh, hong but kong yeah, cinema yeah
2: Yun see and Yun wo ping only had him for two films unfortunately
0: yeah yeah but these two films really like snake in the eagle shadow and drunken master uh, changed the game oh, you yeah. know 1978 so now finally the world sees like the man, you know, the the like we were talking about, like wh- how he is in Rumble in the Bronx. He's not this kung fu superman, this invincible dude. He's this kind of down and out character that people can identify with. And he's more, almost more interested in making you laugh uh, <laughs> than f- sending a guy flying with one kick. And the big thing with Jackie that's amazing
1: is that he's the he's usually the butt of the joke like he's usually the one even though he's a he's able to do all these amazing things he's the one that gets beaten up most of the time and is he's falling and being bumbling
0: yeah right sure mm-hmm. and you know where bruce lee would punch a dude and hold a cool pose jackie will punch somebody and then and then shake his hand shake his yeah. hand and yeah. like, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. It just it, it it's this vulnerability and this kind of humanity that really is endearing and everybody loves. So after this he continued to work with Golden Harvest, and then they tried to position him to break into the US market. So the first uh time they did this is with nineteen eighties, The Big Brawl. And the Big Brawl is directed by Robert Klaus, the man who directed Enter the Dragon. So again, he's like in the shadow of Bruce Lee. So Jackie was very unhappy with this experience. He basically was like, I have no say in how to do the action in the movie. And he couldn't get the rhythm of how American films were made. And it was a flop. So,
2: And they also didn't pair him up with uh, stuntmen that really could could kind of work at Jackie's level. It's a lot of big hulking dudes who take yeah. swings.
0: Yeah, he would say that by the time they reacted to his first punch, he had already done like three, four more punches and they were mad at him because they couldn't keep up with him. So Mm -hmm. it was like, yeah, really really, really disappointing. And then he was in Cannonball Run shortly after that, which was kind of like this you know, you're going to be with a bunch of Hollywood stars, but uh, he was pretty disappointed with that also. He was playing a Japanese guy in this kind of one trick pony situation and it was kind of a realization for him that you know, he he wasn't a worldwide star. He was a star in Hong Kong. So
1: um although that's that is funny, Cannonball
0: Run, and that was his nickname yeah. as a child is Cannonball. Yeah, that <laughs> yeah, is totally. that is cool. Twist of fate there. <laughs> um so he came back to Hong Kong and he's made some Good films after 1980s, The Big Brawl. So we've got films like Project A, you know, like you think of The Big Bar Brawl and Project A. And um, of course, we've covered Wheels on Meals. So that was in 1984. Then again, in 1985, Golden Harvest tried to make Jackie break big in Hollywood. And this time the film's called The Protector. And it's directed by James Glickenhaus. And this is another film that they just kind of didn't get it you know they're just trying to make another american action film and um they weren't really utilizing jackie to like his full potential and um after this film he was very determined to prove himself he's like i don't need america anymore so he goes back to hong kong and in 1985 in december he he releases police story and again we've got jackie that just proves how amazing he is you know this is uh similar to Rumble in the Bronx. Police stories are like high action movie. You know, it's not Yeah, we so can definitely focused. draw
2: a very straight line from Police mm-hmm. Story to, to Rumble. Oh, yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah. And after Police Story, he was on a roll in Hong Kong. So we've got movies like Armor of God, uh, Dragons Forever, Miracles. He would do stuff like, uh, you know, Winners and Sinners. He was just this amazing, amazing, amazing in Hong Kong. So now... We're getting you know late 80s, early 90s, and now here we are, uh, 1995, and Jackie Chan wants to come back to the U.S., but this time he gets to do it his way, mm-hmm. and, and here we are with Rumble in the Bronx, and just I we we stated it before, but like how amazing the splash was of Jackie Chan, so mm. and following that, I mean you could say like you know Rush Hour even more so than something like rumble in the Bronx. And he's just probably one of the most recognizable people in the world. Yeah. Like planet earth for sure.
2: Yeah. Yeah. In, in Jackie's career and definitely the, like the world's culture would not be the same from, from rumble in the Bronx onwards. Hmm.
0: Yeah. And it's so cool, you know, hearing him talk about, making films and hearing him he he still has that excitement that enthusiasm like uh i you would say like a kid you know when he's talking about something that he likes mm-hmm. and i think that's a big part actually yeah the um the one of his biographies is called never grow up There <laughs> <Blair, yep. laughs> and um yeah it's just it's it's really cool that We were so fortunate to have this guy that was really down and out and really crawled his way all the way up and was so focused on delivering his vision of what entertainment is to us. Totally. It's also so
2: fascinating that kind of from the beginning of his leading man career, he was... Uh, position to try to follow Bruce Lee's footsteps, and none of those attempts worked. And it's great that his breakout in America is completely on Jackie's terms. And like mm-hmm. we said, it's it's so emblematic of his sensibility and his values, which are so different from from Bruce's. And yeah, I don't know what a success story, man. It's just awesome.
1: Well, with all of that, I think that it's about time for us to take a look at the movie itself. So yeah, this Rumble in Bronx is such a fun movie. Gosh, it it's it, so fun. It's really like uh, we were talking before we started rolling that the the plot is like it sets you up to Jackie as this a fish out of water who's you know tries to fight crime and gets wrapped up in the criminal underworld. But that's just kind of sets you up so that you have cool fights, cool chases, and you know, a couple of, uh, interesting characters. So we're just kind of going to bounce around to the, the different yeah. fun parts that kind of poke out to us. But one hey, thing I, I want to be surprised
2: okay. if a lot of, if a lot of us listening, uh, aren't already pretty familiar with the plot.
1: <laughs> but one thing I want to talk about beforehand is the, uh, production of the movie itself. Um, obviously, it, it, you probably know this already, but Rumble in the Bronx was most definitely not shot in New York city. Um, <laughs> it was shot in Vancouver and, uh most of the time like it's just city so like there's nothing that's too terribly, you know, specific to New York. Uh I got a couple of nice establishing shots. Um at first I was kind of afraid that all the establishing shots were just like Manhattan, just like what people think of as New York, but there actually yeah. are a couple that are specifically of the Bronx, which was kind of nice to yeah. see.
2: And most of those were done for the for the new line cut and I think they they sort of sprung for having those. Um, having those done at the end of the end of the production and it it goes a long way it's like if you can open with a convincing scene you'll probably kind of suspend your disbelief for the rest of it and we're not um it's not that unusual actually to see a hollywood film Mm -hmm. that purports to be in one place and is shot in another place i mean that happens all the time
1: in a similar way there's uh, uh friday the 13th jason takes manhattan which is uh definitely uh, is has a single scene in Times Square and is mostly on a boat and in Vancouver so <laughs> Right. Yeah, he he did not actually take it. He did not take Manhattan. He stood in Times Square for like a second. <laughs> oh, Anyways, never seen it? <laughs> um yeah, you're not missing much. So oh. um <laughs> Uh, but this movie is, uh, yeah, it starts off with, with Jackie landing and we get to see uncle Bill again, which I was, I was like yeah. actually excited whenever I saw him. I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> oh man.
0: Yeah. So awesome.
2: Yeah. Bill tongue is kind of like the good luck charm for this, uh, mm-hmm. Jackie's period of success following police story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he always plays this character of uncle Bill. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, in some ways you could argue that that kind of links all the movies together, um, but I, I'd take any excuse to um, to watch a bunch of Jackie Chan movies <laughs> back to yeah, back. Yeah,
0: even in that uh, cartoon show, The Jackie Chan Adventures, oh, one yeah. of the primary characters in the show is, is not Uncle Bill, but Uncle is yeah. a, a main character that you could argue is influenced by Uncle mm-hmm. Bill.
2: Oh, for sure. One more thing.
0: This movie...
1: Could almost be a police story movie, like it's it's a it's like a rewrite away from being a police story movie, because mm-hmm. like there's yeah, totally. there's a heavy element of the police in it, and you got you got Bill Tongue in there, you just gotta put him in a different position, but like I feel like this movie uh, could have at some point there was an executive that's like, ooh, maybe we can make this police story for and then and they went off to do their own thing, but
2: well, and interesting too that in the Hong Kong cut. Um, Oh, it's overtly stated that Jackie is a cop, and they they sort of nix that for the American version mm. of the story. And I think it 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 works both ways. Um, but yeah, Jackie's definitely playing a similar kind of character to um, to what we saw in, in Super Cop. You know, where he has this background in martial arts, but he's also well versed on. Uh, sorry a background in Chinese martial arts but he's also well versed in other kinds of martial arts and kickboxing and stuff and uh, I love how just how effective Stanley and Jackie are with the pacing of Rumble we really Mm -hmm. have this one key important little moment um, when Jackie gets to Uncle Bill's apartment where there's like a Wing Chun training dummy and Jackie does some moves on it and it's enough to let the audience know this guy is amazing. Um, It's also great, you know, yeah. Trailer, (laughs) trailer footage and Mm -hmm. all, all the rest of it, but it's yeah. So efficient and yeah. Really smart way to just kind of get the story moving.
1: (laughs) And that also introduces us to uh, Danny. Who's like the, Danny. (laughs) Danny's this, this little uh, uh, handicapped kid that is like in totally in love with, with Jackie, them from the incident. He sees them. And he has a terrible dub actor, and it's amazing.
2: Hi, Danny. Hi, Uncle Bill. Hi, Kim.
0: Good moves. You're number one.
2: <laughs> so good. And we've talked about the cushion, but that's that's really <laughs> Danny's motivation. Um, yeah, the the uh, actor uh, who played Danny, if yeah, if he was asking um stanley about his motivation it would have been cushion 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 (laughs) he has kind of this ratty cushion on his wheelchair and he yeah he really wishes that his uh his sister would buy him a new cushion and
0: yeah the other important prop that he gets is a game gear which is yeah
1: where i saw that like that's so like why a game gear (laughs) yeah and also, the uh, interesting, will... interesting note: that Game Gear does not have a game in it for Jackie right.
0: And yeah, it doesn't matter at first, but there's a later scene where they show Danny playing with it, and there's no game in it. <laughs> and some systems you could turn on, and there would be some kind of rudimentary thing that you could do, maybe a menu or something. But you can literally do nothing with it. I the think game they're just afraid a to kind of
2: let Danny down. He's such a sweet <laughs> little kid. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah it's good sure there's a game in it Danny <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, after after that we see the kind of the one of the main I guess set pieces for the movie which is the convenience store and the, yeah which uh, those... Uncle
2: Bill owns and he's planning on uh, selling and, and retiring that's mm-hmm. kind of the yeah in the opening of the movie
1: and i love the gag with uh thinking that the that the asian looking woman is the the auntie but the auntie's actually is this big
0: black woman (laughs) and yeah the reaction from jackie is is priceless and i love (laughs) you can see it the gag in the end credits where he cracks and you just can't resist Mm -hmm. laughing yeah (laughs) that's that's really good um Following that, we're introduced to uh, one of the other main characters, uh, Elaine, who's played by Anita Moy. So she, is... actually, I don't think she's is been this on Is this the a first podcast. time we've come across
2: Anita Moy? I mean, well, yeah, I she's... definitely,
0: in Police Story, um, that courtroom scene when he's playing the tape, the first, there's like a song that plays oh. right away, mistakenly. That's one of her songs. Oh, cool. And, Great. um, yeah, she was. But yeah, uh, I mean, an, she
2: was a huge force in Hong Kong.
0: Yeah, pop major star. I I think. And and
2: was sadly because she yeah she she passed yeah, she died away really too, young too
0: at uh, age right. forty. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Since you mentioned that, there are a lot of the main cast actually they're no longer with us, which is kind it's of crazy
2: sad. to think of that. I don't
0: know. So she's introduced, and actually, there's a realtor there with her. And the thing that I really love is that the guy that's playing this uh, realtor, he goes by Walter and the dub. And it's actually Hua. So he was Drunken Cat from Come Drink With Me.
2: Oh, Oh, wow. wow. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I did not draw that connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so
0: he uh, actually lived in uh, Vancouver vancouver throughout the 90s so i think that was probably one of the reasons why oh that's so awesome huh. they could call him up and yeah yeah and actually wow. sadly he also has passed away mm-hmm. <laughs> um, oh dang yep so um that's really cool and then another pull that i got out is that shortly after this kind of scene um you've got um elaine and bill they're kind of negotiating in this back room there's a gag where uh, jackie's facing a two-way mirror and he doesn't realize it and she can see him so that's really funny i really like that but (laughs) um there's a driver that shows up with like this fancy car and this driver actually is played by jamie luck and Jamie Luck was one of the three Tiananmen Tigers in Crippled Avengers right at the <laughs> beginning of the movie. Wow. Like, oh my gosh. Wow. So we've got these crazy pulls for, for Heroes 3 listeners, I guess, if you keep up with us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
1: and he probably oh, makes yeah, it totally further good. in this movie than he does in Crippled
0: Avengers. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs>
1: that, oh. Gosh, that we already did a whole episode on that movie. That movie's so good. Um, <laughs> yeah, so Very good. good. But that, um, the, but the that leads into our first kind of uh, our first kind of fight, I guess, with uh, uh in the film, which is where uh, Jackie sees these like street toughs that are trying to do like a, this like dirt bike kind of race, and they're like riding over all these cars, and they're gonna ride over this super nice car that the guy drove. Yeah, in like on. in the
2: middle of in the middle of the night, and yeah, Jackie you know, feels responsible for the car. And this is just a glorious like nineties
1: costuming Mm -hmm. extravaganza. It's Um, like if if like Mad Max was made in the nineties, that they would look like these guys. Sure. Or like or like the Warriors or
0: something. Yeah, is the the gang is cast really well. You everybody is very distinct distinct Mm -hmm. from one another. Um, it's also a really diverse gang. It's yeah, in every I, way. I thought that was cool. funny that this this super ethnically diverse gang. <laughs> it's, just, it's just funny. <laughs> yeah the the thing I always think is funny is that the dude that plays Tony, the leader of the gang, does he kind of look like Jerry Seinfeld to you guys? Because <laughs> I was when, getting oh, saying yeah. <laughs> 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 no, totally. some Seinfeld vibes. But uh, he, he also is. Oh, now I'm just has picturing a away.
2: Seinfeld routine on like Jackie Chan fight choreography or
1: something yeah, yeah totally right. he has to have made a jackie chan joke at some point right maybe like, can't you know. just
2: climb the ladder <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs>
1: nice
0: oh but oh, yeah that's, oh
2: tony's great i also lo- love the um the concept of what they're doing which is like this uh awesome like motorcycle race uh, in the middle of the night and mm-hmm. both these gals are are awesome and this is also where we're first introduced to one of our other weaning reading ladies. Uh, and this is the, uh, gorgeous Francois. Yep. Who plays Nancy. And mm-hmm. she is just like mesmerizing in this movie. I don't know, man.
0: Yeah, I agree. She's, she's beautiful. And yeah, it, she's also Canadian and from
1: Vancouver. So,
0: yeah. So when you see the clips of them speaking in their, um, uh, native languages, uh, she's speaking English in her scenes. Yeah. Mm.
2: But yeah, it's not that just that she's like, you know, the camera loves her or whatever, but I don't know. I think she just gives this really compelling performance and, um, she's kind of asked to do a lot cause, uh, we'll find out later that she's actually Danny's sister and maybe has had some bad breaks in the past and is kind of responsible for raising him. And so she kind of has to play this turn of being deeply entrenched in the gang. Um, but ultimately, you know, choosing to do the right thing and kind of helping Jackie's character and Danny.
0: Yeah. Speaking of bad breaks, there was actually some bad breaks in this oh, scene. Dude. <laughs> oh, perfect. Yeah. Uh, a couple of the stunt people really injured themselves, I believe. Oh, breaks. Stunt oh, I
2: always th- thought you meant like the bikes, but oh. <laughs> uh, <those laughs> yeah, kind of no,
0: bones. Bones Dang. breaking. There's a lot of bones <laughs> that broke in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. As far as the as the cars breaking that the first car you see on the left that they drive over is like a 79 Trans Am and that hurt me personally cuz <laughs> I've actually I've got a 79 oh, Trans Am in my garage. <laughs> oh man, nice. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> oh. So after this we see the we see a little scene at the the wedding between Bill and uh the auntie. I think they just call her auntie. But <laughs> <laughs> um which that's that's just kind of cute. I love in the next bit though where like they're getting ready to go on their honeymoon and they're wearing like these these goofy matching cool. shirts. They're yeah. very, very yeah, 90s. Totally.
0: That's what we all did, right? Didn't you guys do that? That's what yeah, Joanna did. Yeah,
3: totally.
0: <laughs> that's in case oh, you get lost. <laughs> My wife is wearing this. Mm. <laughs> yeah, you
1: belong to each other. <laughs> speaking of doozies of outfits, I'm not quite sure what Jackie's wearing in these
0: scenes it's like this weird kind of onesies boxer briefs kind of situation thing <laughs> yeah i don't know <laughs> That's a, a Shows little off tight whenever figure. he's uh
1: whenever he's doing the handstand <laughs> doesn't leave much to the imagination
0: right hey he the dang
3: dude
2: he has- is in he's in crazy yeah, shape. amazing shape like he's always uh, yeah. in
1: crazy shape but he's really in crazy shape in this movie because <laughs> let's see what would his age did i say he's like about this 40 point. right at this i think point? it's like 40 yeah yeah
0: yeah Wow. Just crazy to think about.
1: (laughs) Yep, 40, 41, whenever it came out. So I (laughs) hope I look
0: half that good when I'm 40. Yeah, 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 same Um, here. And now we have... uh, This is our true first fight of the film. So... um, Actually, earlier in the movie when they show the um, convenience store for the first time, there's a scene that they cut out where a couple of dudes are extorting money, like protection money. This That kind of leads up to what we have going on here. So the gang is in the shop and they're kind of doing whatever they want. And this time, Elaine is the boss. So she sees that and she confronts Angelo, I believe. And this escalates into a fight. And actually... The fight itself is probably like forty seconds, mm, but sure. there's so much packed into this. Just great. This fight is just amazing. So it's uh, Kyung Jackie versus four of the gang members, and they're surrounding him. And <laughs> yeah, he they pull out a knife, and he. He just, yeah, it's it's amazing. I I can't even it's so fast. Like Jackie just <laughs> yeah. is insanely
1: quick with these moves, and like the wrapping the jacket around the guy's arm to stop the knife, and and I do. There's even I love whenever yeah. the guy gets thrown into this impossibly
0: high stack of Pepsi. <laughs> yeah, there's even like a repeating gag throughout this thirty seconds of Angelo getting punched in the nose, and <laughs> right, you know right. this this visual language that kind of narrates your way through. Even this short fight just shows you how smart uh, Jackie and his stunt team are about uh, showing fights on film.
2: And if you're in the theater in 1995 and you hadn't really caught any Hong Kong cinema in the last couple decades, I mean, this is like the best of the best of the Hong Kong comedic action sensibility packed into 30 seconds. Mm
0: -hmm. I mean, it would have (laughs) just...
2: Um, yeah, exploded your brain. I mean, <laughs> it's incredible.
0: I really like not only just Jackie doing his Jackie stuff because he does some really nice uh, kicks in this short instance, and he disarms some dudes really well. But the stuntmen getting knocked away, like falling, look—they look really, really visceral. Like yeah. when they're flying into, like you said, the cans or flying into a rack of groceries. Like is it just. Sells the energy so well.
2: Yeah, this next sequence is is pretty brutal, especially if you're not uh, expecting it. I would say so far the tone of the film, even though there is some some edge to it, and while the gang might be colorfully dressed and dubbed kind of like by Saturday morning <laughs> cartoon people, you're still you still feel like they're threatening. But um, I don't think anything quite prepares you for just uh, how far Jackie and Stanley will. Uh, Will take this, and this speaks to what we uh, have been talking about, with, which is Jackie wants to position himself as uh, the underdog. Um, he wants characters in his films to really push push against him, and this is um, this is absolute low point for his character. And I don't know, still really hard to watch. Like I, I have to, yeah, kind of. Turn, yeah, I
0: turn think away. this is they kind of have like a a bullet point list of what is Jackie and how do we want to show this to a new audience? And, you know, or we see Jackie, the fighter and we see Jackie, the stunt man, this is kind of your first taste of Jackie going all out and putting himself through so much just to show like, in you know, a different type of stunt yeah. and yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty long. Um, yeah, totally. like I but was we should saying, say, like, I mean,
2: the, the, the whole action sequence is, is really incredible. This and might be one of my favorite um, action sequences all said and done. So there's a lot of great fun beats that lead to, to Jackie getting, um, you know, kind of completely walloped and smashed with these glass bottles. Um, And it's also uh, interesting to have this kind of outdoor nighttime scene on all these, you know, in the alleyways and uh, fire escapes and, and all the rest of it. Definitely a lot of, highlight real stuff in mm-hmm. this sequence yeah, a
1: lot of great using the environment here with the the stunts like yeah, the for sure like the ripping off a, a light fixture and throwing it at someone or this weird like jungle gym kind of thing that's just sitting there and uh, <laughs> yeah get some, get some fun out of that the bats.
2: yeah totally <laughs> there's also that great uh sort of flip that jackie does that's on a lot of the trailers that sort of like side flip he does from that like that big height and then that weird yeah I guess whatever you'd call that looks like a piece from a jungle gym or whatever. <laughs> um,
1: but all that leads to the to the gang cornering him in this alley and basically hitting hitting glass bottles with baseball, with baseball bats to just like shatter around him. They all cut him up and stuff. It's kind of rough. Mm-hmm. And there's some kind of like creepy super close-ups of some of the some of the gang members before they do it, which is kind yeah, of totally. kind of unsettling. But Carlos, and you were I,
2: saying this this goes on longer even in the, in the Hong Kong version.
0: Yeah, the cut's are a bit different, yeah. And um, the thing I was going to say about the American – well, you know, the Western actors is the way they gesture and everything seems really exaggerated <laughs> too. Like when they're opening their mouths to speak, it's like really <laughs> exaggerated. That kind of – I don't know if it's influenced by – you know me seeing it with the dub or what but it just seems so cartoony to me it's it's funny especially i think of uh tony the leader when he's like over accentuating his mouth movements it's it's weird (laughs) (laughs) yeah Mm -hmm.
2: as difficult as it is to watch i mean i think this is a moment that that really sort of makes rumble in the bronx work i think um when I look back at the movie, I just think of it as this fun, great time, which it totally is, but it has these teeth it and these stakes, I think, in a large part because of, because of the sequence.
0: And I also think that when, like like you, when I think of the bo- movie, I think, oh, yeah, it's this fun kind of uh, light action-y movie, but, um, I mean, it is rated R, and, like, sometimes yeah. people will like have like i think one of my friends recently yeah he he re- he asked like oh i have a, a a son and i wanted to watch some jackie chan movies like can you recommend me and I, you know the first one that comes to my mind is rumble in the bronx but i mean there is some material in the film mm-hmm. that could maybe be troublesome for somebody depending on who the kid is yeah. and uh, yeah, what they're yeah, used to totally. seeing
2: well i think after our uh arc of podcasts in like the, the month ahead we'll probably have some good suggestions for mm-hmm. uh yeah for kind of all ages jackie chan goodness mm-hmm.
1: this is the next scenes when we find out that the sister is kind of with the gang or we find out that the the woman that's with the gang is the is the sister and i I like that uh whenever jackie is kind of waking up on the couch and uh the Danny's explaining that his sister <laughs> right. kind of brought him back to hell. And said, "How old's your sister?" She says,
0: "She's twenty-one, and she's pretty." pretty. <laughs> it's like, oh,
2: that's what brothers do. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 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 but Danny's just so likable. Mm, but yes, it, is, it is this crazy combination of like the actor is so likable and the dubbing voice is like so annoying Mm. yeah it's just it's kind of (laughs) magic and then this is the this is the scene um that's in that youtube clip where you can hear the onset audio yeah Um, yeah
1: and this has super one of my favorite one of my favorite stunts in the whole movies in this next scene also i made a note that jackie kind of looks noticeably darker like browner in this next scene than i feel like he did in the rest of the movie i don't know if like it was shot a little later or something i don't know could oh, be. interesting. Uh, that could be. But yeah, he's going outside because he's going to try to help out at the convenience store again. And um, almost immediately gets spotted by these gang members again. And the the stunt where he hops into the sunroof and then. Oh, it's oh, the best. And it's then the, the motorcycle drives over and then he pops out of the passenger door. Like, that's wild stuff. And it's all like yeah. this one There's just wide so shot. many
2: wonderful. Yeah so many terrific little details too. even when he's uh, earlier jump jumping through that cafe and he leaps over these colorful balloons and there's Mm. just so much to catch your eye and uh we've talked about it in past episodes but jackie's acting during his fight sequences is just is so outstanding and this is a great example of Jackie being outnumbered and there's just so much uh, stress and anxiety in his performance as he's running away. It's just, yeah, really makes this, exceptional and then sure man when you get into the parking garage yeah he's (laughs) making his way
0: through this parking garage and i i think one of my favorites is when he jumps down to the floor below and there's a van that shows up yeah and he's got to sidle his way between (laughs) the wall and the van and there's this tight shot on him reacting to how crazy that is Uh, i love it and it's yeah it Shows his acting in the midst of all of this action really well. There's a funny thing to me about that scene is that when they show the van pulling up, um, it's a van, but then when they show him on the wall with the truck passing by, it's like a box truck. truck.
3: Yeah. yeah.
0: And then when they cut away, yeah. When they cut away, it's a van leaving. So I, I don't know if it was something they decided to change or, <laughs> or what. but Or maybe just that the truck siding looked better for the shot. Yeah, but like it would
2: have been too brief of a beat if it was just the van. Siding yeah, yeah. It's whatever.
0: interesting. But it it doesn't take away from the stunt itself. It's, yeah. it's great. I love it. And then Jackie
2: gets kind of cornered. Quarter- <laughs> cornered to the edge of this one level of the parking garage and then he starts literally climbing like scaling the
1: the
0: the
2: surface of the of the garage from the outside it's amazing Mm -hmm.
0: yeah it is crazy and it is when you get to the top of this parking structure that you see the glorious mountainside of uh new york yeah you know all those all those mountains on long island (laughs) <laughs> um but yeah there was a, a thing about that was that jackie really did acknowledge like hey we we're not gonna pay too much attention to this we're really gonna focus on the action of the film so yeah, he totally. really wasn't concerned with um uh, you know maybe changing a shot because there were some mountains in the background mm.
2: but then they make up
0: for the mountains
2: um with this next little uh brief character jackie hides in the back of this uh, truck and <laughs> yeah. the guy who drives it has this tie-dyed shirt and this big american flag hat um, <laughs> yeah. but Where he totally rats going? on jackie he back with uh, in this like barrel of balloons basically
0: yeah and that's really crazy too so the the gang ends up pushing that truck off the ledge and it falls down below yeah. and um some of the cars you see in the film in a lot of these stunt shots if you're if you're paying attention, you'll see a lot of the same cars keep coming back. Uh, right. <laughs> like in the, at the end of the movie, some of the cars you see in this scene where uh, they're kind of veering out of the way of the truck, you'll see them in the hovercraft scene at the end as well. Yeah. Gotcha. And
2: Jackie's Mitsubishi um, partnership was still going strong, but I think it was just logistically a little more difficult to... Um, I don't think there are any... a lot of that in, yeah. in the Vancouver shoot. So mm-hmm. we, we don't see the signature Mitsubishis that we're mm-hmm. used to.
0: Yeah, that's right. At the end of the movie, you would expect him to be jumping into a Mitsubishi to fight a hovercraft, but he yeah. jumps into the Kuntag. That's crazy. I didn't think about that, but you're right. It's nuts. <laughs> but yeah, then this scene leads to, we can just kind of
2: breeze over the, the, bare butt part that you, uh, <laughs> yeah. that you referenced earlier. Yeah, that kind and out of leads... nowhere. But <laughs> yeah, uh, but it culminates in one of the great stunts oh, of yeah. the film, which is probably one of the only non-Jackie stunts in yeah. the in the movie. I would say. Um, oh, really? There's I, I, I've read competing things like supposedly Stanley mm-hmm. did the stunt initially before attempting to shoot the scene, and we heard stories like that on Supercop where Stanley would do really dangerous stunts himself. Um, he has this motto. He's not going to ask his actors to do something. He isn't willing to do himself. That's wild. Um, yeah, but then yeah i've read competing things about who's doing the stunt and people try to argue that it's jackie but watching it it's it's not it's clearly not jackie also the in the, the compos- long shot yeah, yeah like, in the long you shot can- and, and in the composition of the shot too it, there's an effort and just about every major stunt in the movie to have jackie's face kind of featured prominently and that's not happening and also if you yeah if you've seen enough Jackie films just seeing the outline it's it's not him they they do have fun with it there's a a gag in that the outtakes in the end credits mm-hmm. where Jackie sticks his head out and he's waving and everyone's cheering him on but it it i don't know to me that has the air of like a little bit of fun and games mm-hmm. like they're they're kind of they're kind of joking that is that yeah. Jackie did it mm-hmm. but yeah, it's not that Jackie that. couldn't have done it this is just far too Risky of a move for the production, especially this is, yeah, because this is this is years after his uh, armor of god stunt where he almost lost his life in a a fall. Um, And 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 actually, Jack has risked his life many times, but it's yeah, this this could this could interrupt the whole the
0: entire production of the movie. I feel like maybe one of the takes he did do the jump because I I heard him talking in an interview on a talk show and. He was saying that at the end of the film, he, you know, he hurts himself jumping onto the hovercraft. But what he says uh, when he's talking about that is that he thinks that he actually might have injured his ankle doing this jump and he really injured it once he did the jump for the hovercraft. (laughs) So, I mean, it's a good chance that they both did do the jump, but on... The final cut of the film you can see that maybe it's not jackie doing the jump but i think it's fun right. to speculate either way
2: yeah totally and yeah and it's these it's um we get we really get off on um the doubling and the process and everything that yeah. goes on behind the scenes but we don't regard it in any way as some kind of cheat or no. um, mm-hmm. some kind of mark of, of any kind it's like this is an exciting part of how you make movies mm-hmm. and Jackie's done crazier stunts than
1: this. It has nothing to do with, like, I don't know. That, it's not like a, he's less of a man because he didn't do a stunt or something. Like, Yeah, like, it's not sure, some, like, like kids
2: that. arguing on the playground, mm-hmm. like, my dad can beat up your yeah. dad kind of stuff. <laughs> it's, like, yeah, this is just an incredible shot.
0: Yeah, I think when it comes to us on the show and I think when it comes to fans of Hong Kong cinema, these are, like, Easter eggs, That you can kind of say like, oh, you know, this is this guy or, you know, how we joke about Yumbu doubling for everyone. (laughs) You know, that's just like a fun little thing that we can tell people that are interested uh, in the movies that they love. Totally. The next bit we get
1: introduced to kind of who kind of end up actually being the villains of the movie, which is this, uh, the, the... What, the white tigers right and that's what the suit yeah, guys
0: white tiger yeah. is like the the ringleader, like the and these are right. his henchmen yeah yeah so it's like a drug deal gone wrong oh not a drug deal i'm sorry it's a, a di- diamond, diamond deal. deal yeah diamond deal so there's yeah a huge accident and actually uh tony's uh goons kind of are in the vicinity of this accident and they kind of uh take i guess a moment of opportunity to steal some of these uh diamonds and uh shortly after that they become the focal point for uh white tigers gang so they're looking for these diamonds and the gang members kind of end up in the um the sights of these kind of pretty brutal dudes where you would say that the tony's gang are mischievous but they aren't i guess murderous These guys are just cold-hearted murderers. Or if you get in their way, or if they need something from you, they'll do whatever they need to. That's one of my um, favorite
2: things in a story when you introduce like one level of adversary, (laughs) and then you come to find over time that there's really some common ground. Like in um, in the one of my favorite films, the Ghibli film Castle in the Sky. There's a similar idea that like certain bandits that you're running from are actually these aren't the ultimate villain and you can find this common ground.
0: It's I love really that cool. you use that. Cause I was totally going to say, yeah, it's just like an enemy yeah. where it's like <laughs> oh, the, that the first a season's villain. <laughs> yeah, yeah totally. First season villain becomes one of your allies towards the rest of the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's really good. But um, what ends up happening is, Angelo, one of our most animated of the group, is on the run, and he ends up hiding these uh, precious diamonds in Danny's cushion. <laughs> My so, cushion. Um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> this is Dude, uh, Danny's the, cushion is ruined now. Yeah, this is the device that kind of pulls everybody into the situation, and um, yeah. the uh, yeah, following this, the thing that I love, and I think the thing that everybody loves about this movie is Kyung is he's had it right he's done with this gang, so he's gonna take uh the fight to them so he ends up going back to their hideout and just straight up challenges tony which is funny because like if i was tony and i saw this dude beating up dudes left and right like he does i'd be like uh i don't know man yeah this isn't <laughs>
2: this is a highlight of the movie for sure and it's amazing there's, there's so much like but there's so many bizarre gems like in the production, too. Like, this night, the nightclub is crazy, and there's this mm-hmm. like they look like they're probably some kind of hair metal band, but then it's like, <laughs> yeah, that's this that's rave DJ music that's playing.
1: <laughs> and there's like a um, tiger in a cage next to the dancing yeah, ti- girl. T- yeah, Nancy's, Nancy, 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 yeah, dancing.
2: dancing next to this tiger. Um, <gasps> But Jackie's looking fly in this sport. It's basically his same look, his white t-shirt and jeans, but he's got this coat over mm-hmm. it and looking cool. Um and then he and Nancy have kind of a nice drink and it's cool. He's kind of not, you know, not judging her, giving her a hard time about anything, but um they're spotted together and this kind of breaks out into yeah, a little bit of conflict. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they they sort of uh they're running away and Nancy um kicks down their motorcycles like dominoes as they're as they're running away so (laughs) yeah and actually i
0: I think that that scene was added for the new line version of the film i think i think it's that scene and then isn't it the shot of
2: the i i always thought it was the uh the skyline shot with them by the water that was added yeah where they kind of have like a kiss Mm -hmm. right yeah, because I want to say that was not done in Vancouver. That was the other shot that was not done in Vancouver. That was done at the end of the production. At least that's what I thought I had read.
1: Well, cool. It is a nice shot. I, I know. I love Mia uh, uh, kissing at nighttime with the city in the background. Shot. I feel like you know, it's always. Yeah, man. It's pretty.
2: We didn't mention it, but uh, there was like a little bit of a cute scene with uh, Jackie and Anita um, earlier on in the movie when she's like trying to close up the grocery store, but. Once well, right. Nancy's in the picture, um, <laughs> we don't really see Elaine as, as, sort of a love interest. And I mean, you've got to hand it to a, Anita Mui. She just throws herself in whatever role she's playing and she could, uh, she could have just insisted on only playing, you know, sort of bombshell, uh, heroines or whatever. And cause... She, I mean, she she definitely could portray that, but she took so many interesting roles in her career. And actually, just prior to this, she played yeah. Jackie's stepmom in Drunken Master 2. Yeah, and, right. And she, I don't know, <laughs> that, that she can navigate when, both of these <laughs> roles so comfortably is amazing.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool because, you know, you think of her as like this world-class kind of pop star, but when I think of her roles in films, it's kind of leaning more on these kind of comedic, characters which i really enjoy
2: yeah totally
1: The next bit it's it's one of those it it's one of those amazing out of context kind of scenes because oh. the the jackie nancy and danny are all out uh, getting some ice cream and just enjoying a day in the park um and then uh angela right the he's the blonde guy yeah. He sort of looks yeah. like
2: Flea from the Red Hot Chili <laughs> A little partners. bit, yeah.
1: Sure. Um he's <laughs> But what
2: I love is he's wearing a helmet. Yeah, Sorry. yeah. He's he's I incognito so
1: with wearing like these shorts and a helmet and stuff instead of his crazy gang gear. Uh but he he rides up on a bike up to Danny and just throws him off of
0: the wheelchair and yeah, steals his yeah, coat. That's awesome.
3: <laughs>
0: <sighs> That's like the the Hong Kong version of Paul Rudd continuously using that Mac and clip on Conan O'Brien. <laughs> oh, it's like the Hong Kong cinema version of that.
2: Oh, that's great! They just put—you <laughs> probably saw it. They just put put up the full appearance from that that first time he played. Oh, the oh they did! Oh, Jackson, I've Cocoa. seen the I've seen YouTube, the yeah. like
1: the the compilation. With the supercut. How many times have you shown that clip on this show? Over the years, well, we just shot that. This, so, much- <laughs> so I mean, that's the first time.
0: Yeah. <laughs> oh, <was> so good. <laughs> the other thing I wanted to mention, and this is something that would gloss past us, but for the Hong Kong audience, the guy that's in the ice cream truck, um, and the guy that's buying the ice cream from the the guy. Both of them are very popular singers from Hong Kong. One is Emil Chow, and the other is Alex Toh. And um, these are very intentional cameos that a Western audience wouldn't even notice. So I think that's kind of cool too.
2: Yeah, totally.
0: So Jackie goes back to the
1: to the convenience store and sees that it's been completely trashed, and mm-hmm. it's really kind of it's really sad because we see Nita Hui like crying, looking at how like how much of a mess it is. And this is what leads to probably my favorite beat from the, oh, from the movie. It's, this is it's so good. Uh, Nancy takes her, takes him down to the hideout. And this hideout's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, this is
2: amazing. Uh, it's so colorful. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it has a little and, bit of everything. It's like pool tables, pinball machines.
1: Oh, yeah. I wrote down which what the pinball machines were. <laughs> what? Yeah. Amazing. Um, nice because the the version that's on youtube's in very high uh fidelity so it's easy to read
0: but yeah they're um
1: <laughs> and they're all super old school too they're very they're, old um, they're so yeah. uh strikes and spares flying chariots darling and dragon which are from oh. 1978 63 73 and 78
0: respectively so they're oh, that's dude, really cool amazing caps that's awesome <laughs> that makes me even more sad because they really oh get messed yeah up. that's
1: whenever i because I, I paused it looked them all up and i was like oh
0: those are neat and then unpaused it and then they all get
1: messed up
0: like, oh no yeah <laughs> oh, Dang. pinball tables mm-hmm. that's even more niche than classic mm-hmm. gaming dude it's you know it's a commitment to buy a table and move it Um, You have to upkeep all those moving parts. Yeah, it's hardcore.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and this where we some of the stunts
2: coming up with the pin pinball tables, like to me, seem almost scarier than that giant uh, building jump. (laughs) It's just I don't know what it is. It's like Jackie's fingers being so Mm -hmm. close to these things slamming. It's like, oh wow, but yeah, another great look at our incredibly like diverse um, (laughs) and like wide color gamut clad uh group it's it's yeah amazing and it sort of feels like Alan sits character is kind of a de facto number two like after yeah after tony yeah i don't know but he's he's great and all this <laughs> stuff
1: and this is of course where we get one of the most uh one of the most meme kind of lines from the movie which is the classic
2: you are all garbage Oh man, so good! You are all I, had, I had forgotten that that well, was also, from it's, this movie, so it kind of took me by oh, surprise. Oh man, one of my favorite things in any movie ever, and it's at the end of the sequence. But Jackie says something in Chinese, and then Tony looks to Alan's character and he said, "Did he mean that?" <laughs> he said, yep. <laughs> it's like that's that's not how humans work. <laughs> what? Uh, that's funny. <laughs> Did he mean that? <laughs> yep. <laughs> I just know. Mm. Um, also, Jackie's outfit here is pretty classic. Oh, yeah. He's, I, uh, it's like a sleeveless turtleneck black T-shirt, and he, yeah, it's it's the kind of thing he actually wore in some uh, some Hong Kong films in the in the late eighties
0: as well. But and he always looks yeah. like he has like the cleanest jeans. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the for jeans sure. are like always looking like brand new. Mm. <laughs> what I know about this is they rented this warehouse to shoot. Uh, the fight but it was completely empty so jackie and his crew went down to like a flea market and they just started buying up everything i i remember him mentioning to an interviewer how uh, they were gonna buy a refrigerator and the guy's like two hundred dollars and then Jackie's like, something like, well, how about if I give you $100, but I buy all of them? And <laughs> just the convenience of getting rid of all of them made the guy say, yeah, go ahead.
3: <laughs> oh, wow.
2: Dude, that's such an awesome mm. story. Yeah, I mean, great. they did a great job dre- dressing this set. It really seems like uh, like a found uh, location or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like
2: all fully stocked. And what and you
0: a, ju- uh, you know, just the fight starts and they're both standing like Tony and Kyung are standing on a pool table. On a pool <laughs> table. It's so <laughs> it's
2: cool. And
1: yeah, I was hoping that was going to lead. Stanley's shooting
2: it from underneath. And
1: I was hoping that was going to lead to like a more more of like a, a proper one on one fight. And it's not a bad fight, but it's definitely not quite like you can tell the guy playing Tony you can't definitely can't keep up with, <laughs> with Jackie. Right. But I mean, and yeah, so can, they, they kind of
2: have that they sort of have the sense to not Uh, expose that or 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 sort of overexpose it it's 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 really the next step i guess in what we saw with stanley and jackie and super cop which we we called it out we called it out there but we were kind of moving away from longer fights and moving to kind of short bursts of action and mixing in kickboxing and boxing and uh, non-chinese forms of martial arts and Rumble in the Bronx, I think, takes that further where it's, uh, there's also a lot more just environmental uh, escapist kind of stunts, too. And, yeah, everything that's great about the action in Rumble in the Bronx is here in this sequence, I think. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, to some of the, the bits here with Jackie evading his opponents using, like, a recliner, uh, using the refrigerator as a shopping cart, um, it's yeah uh, they use everything to its full potential for comedic effect and for actions effect i i love i I mentioned it earlier but just how the stunt people i guess they crumple to his attacks there's a guy that kind of rolls forward over a chair as jackie like slides it towards him and it looks like he's like a bag of bones like he just (laughs) crumples to the ground perfectly it's it's awesome i i love that reaction it's it, you know, it's it's something where I guess most people would be looking at the fighting, like the fighter and not the person getting hit. But they pay yeah, attention totally. to the people getting hit almost as much as Jackie doing the hitting.
2: Yeah. There, there are certain stunts that just sort of, that stand out so much where it's like, I can almost remember where I was when I <laughs> saw them. And when, oh, when, nice. Jackie, when Jackie comes up through the little latch on the shopping cart, that's, oh yeah, that's that's one of those for me. It's like like wow.
1: Yeah. It's just... Those are the stunts that I love too because stuff like with that and with the the fridges and the TVs, like you're around fridges and TVs and shopping carts all the time. So it's like you know you know what yeah, what totally. that could entail to to do it. It's very like down to earth. And uh, yeah, I, I think... love the gag of the guy who keeps getting thrown inside of the fridge. <laughs>
2: Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I want to say that's Rocky Lie like, wearing, like, a... It yeah, just, it's...
0: Yeah, I was trying to find him throughout the film, and I do think he's probably one of the gang members with a big long wig <laughs> on. There's one d- dude that looks like he yeah. has dreadlocks, and there's a dude with, like, a long-haired wig. I think he's probably one of them, but I wasn't yeah, uh, I able to find him. Yeah, I think that's
2: him with the long wig and the... um. And yeah getting thrown back into the refrigerator Uh, oh there is one little uh, cool mitsubishi call out and it's when jackie picks up that one ski and is fighting with the ski like it's Uh a staff (laughs) and you can see briefly he brings it up against this underneath this guy's chin and you can see the little triforce looking logo nice Ah. yeah Yeah. great
0: Um, I think for me, my favorite bit is the bottle bit at the pool table with <laughs> oh, Alan. So good. It's really good. There's a- yeah, in
2: some ways, it feels like a almost vintage kind of like little bit of uh, Hong Kong, you know, action business or whatever. But they're so high energy, and mm-hmm. I don't know what's with, with. In some ways, the fight sequences in Rumble in the Bronx feel like they're just really tightly edited and streamlined compared to the Hong Kong action. E- you know, that was going on in Hong Kong, even a, a couple years prior to this. Yeah. And I don't know. I, it's kind of, it's kind of great. Mm-hmm.
0: It's great. The, the little detail I've seen this bottle bit so many times, the little detail that I really think is funny is that the lead up where they're getting towards the pool table, there's another goon and he's actually setting the bottles up. Like you <laughs> see him like placing <laughs> wow. the bottles um, oh, awesome. and yeah, Jackie like pushes him out of the way, and that leads to the amazing like hand to hand like bottle mismatch mm. gag. It's it's so that good. That's a, Man, that a very moment. Yes, totally. please. Oh. Yeah, please. I do love that.
2: also that Tony has to call call Jackie off twice from ending the fight. It's <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know something about that feels so right because. Our energy is so high just as an audience watching this sequence, and um, we're not ready to just, like, let it go so easily. (laughs) But, yeah, and then this is where we have that great um, garbage line. And then I do love when there are subtitles in this movie. Like, they're burned on to the the final print of the film, and they're kind of giant. They're huge. The font itself. But, yeah, his line – um, in Cantonese is, I hope next time when we meet, we won't be fighting each other. This is where Tony asked for confirmation. But he does. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. It's like he does. He <laughs> yeah, does say
1: like, briefly, what did he say? Then it cuts back to Jack. Right, for a second, right. And then comes back to him saying, did he really mean that? Did he
2: mean it? <laughs> yeah.
1: <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> but. We early uh, a little bit ago, we saw the some of the people in the gang getting caught by the the White Tigers gang, the guys in the suits, and they put them in a wood chipper, which like you, you oh, don't yeah. you it's don't brutal. see it, which like I feel like I was almost like I was half expecting the movie to take like a dramatically gory turn, but it doesn't, but they put him in a bag and the bag the guy guy shows up with the bag at the hideout and and every time the people look in the bag they just immediately start puking mm-hmm. it's like ooh ooh rough talk about escalation yeah man. so
0: now yeah tony and the rest of the gang kind of know that angelo's on the run so they're trying to find angelo and uh Kyung is involved as well so then he had encountered these guys who say they're with the FBI Right, And uh, once uh, Kyung and Tony corner Angelo, they're like, all right, I'm going to call the FBI. And then when they show up, that's when uh, things get really hairy. He's and not the
2: FBI. Th- <laughs> yeah.
1: yeah. <that's> like...
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. More
1: people <laughs> throw Danny to the ground. <laughs> Dang. <laughs> and they rip up his cushion. No, that's my new cushion. Don't. Stop it. Don't rip my new cushion. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, the the whole gag with Danny tossing weapons to Jackie to fight off that kind of big heavy mm-hmm. dude. Yeah, that's great. Oh, man. That's, that's classic great. Jackie Chan. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, especially when it's like that final weapon, it's is like so big that the villain is like, "No, yeah. please."
0: <laughs> it's great. Yeah, so
2: good. And yeah, it's it's just cool um revisiting this in environment that we never expected there to be like a, a fight sequence inside. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. Awesome.
1: So w- before we get to the, to the, to the final uh, crazy action sequence of the movie, one of my favorite, just physical, like special effects that I've seen, honestly, in almost any action movie is, is in this bit where we see the, the gang finds the convenience store and rigs it all up to a to a truck and just tears the whole front part of the store just off and it's, it's it is crazy like i can't imagine how much like effort they had to go into just for this one thing that lasts you know like 10 seconds but it's so worth it like it's amazing and it and it kind of leads to yeah. like this uh um this kind of charlie chaplin gag of <laughs> anita Huey going to the bathroom and then getting ripped off and her just kind of sitting there yeah, yeah totally. and the, the, it's like if her character hadn't
2: been great. embarrassed enough as it was man. sure
0: <laughs> but yeah the um, idea
2: of just like physically tearing down and destroying like really one of your main uh sets from from the film mm-hmm. it's like wow so jackie finally gets in touch with yeah, actual, the actual authorities and so they try to set him up basically with with a wire so he can get some some evidence that can be used in court and yeah there's some I kind of like the actors that are playing these
1: investigators. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was I re- wrote a note that they kind of feel like they're they're in a different
0: movie <laughs> that's kind of crossing <laughs> yeah, over with totally this like movie. I like that. They're like some kind of TV version of Lethal yeah. Weapon or some crap. Yeah,
1: yeah,
2: <laughs> it definitely feels like like a, a decade older than the the rest of the movie. So.
0: <laughs> and a lot of the cars that you see like in the chase and after that, they're like kind of mid to late eighties models mm-hmm. of cars. So right, it kind of right a lot lines of
2: boxier up. frames and stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that.
1: But this leads to this huge shootout between the, the gang and the the police. And they end up commandeering this hover boat, and the hover boat becomes like the most important set piece in the whole movie, uh, which I definitely didn't see yeah. coming
2: yeah if, if when you if when the hovercraft is first revealed, if you think, "Wow, that's awesome, that's so cool, then I think the the ending of the movie's really gonna work for you <laughs> if mm-hmm. if you don't really care one way or the other, I could see thinking that the the ending sequence maybe runs a little long or and and maybe even feels a little anticlimactic action wise yeah i feel like expecting a fight maybe
0: yeah yeah i mean i think it's
2: yeah it'd be perfectly natural to expect a fight
0: sure i kind of feel like this is one of those things you know we've talked about jackie's idea wall. He's got this <laughs> yeah, yeah. in his office, his wall with all of these different things, like, what can I use in a movie? And he's, like, dying to use a hovercraft. And he's like, this is my chance to, to use a hovercraft. And um, that makes it the finale of this film. I I think it's really funny. And I think there it are super, some. Yeah.
2: And of its time, it's mm-hmm. like, yeah. yeah, it's this great, quirky, cool thing.
0: There are these funny, like, kind of gags about, like, the Hovercraft, like, driving around the town where there's, like, a rock concert. And, like, in the audience, there's, like, people and, and actually, like, actually, the same band scene. from the club that's, <laughs> <Is it>? <laughs> that's <laughs> playing, yeah.
2: There was this video um, uh, where someone's, like, going through some, like, tidbits you didn't know about Rumble in the Bronx. And uh, he called that out. I never realized it. But, yeah, it's the same band. And I guess there's also a saxophonist in that. The hair metal band. Oh
0: yeah, too, of course. So. Why wouldn't there be in a hair metal band, right? <laughs> oh man, <It's> so <laughs> that's great. funny. But um, yeah, it's cool.
2: Like when the the hovercraft like runs over someone and they're flattened like a pancake. Um, <laughs> uh huh. That's so
0: yeah. Yeah, Jackie bears the brunt of one of the uh mm-hmm. that too. Like he ends up buried under the sand, <laughs> which is really but funny to think about. Before um, he gets onto it, though, this is
1: it's funny because it's like it's a cool stunt, but it's. Uh, Jackie has to hop over like these yachts to get to this little like concrete median on a, on a bridge, so they can hop onto the hovercraft. And him hopping onto the hovercraft destroyed his leg, like yeah. like it yeah. broke it, well, it broke his ankle, right? Right, mm-hmm. right. And and yeah, like you're like
2: you're saying, it doesn't really translate to a gigantic stunt on screen, which is weird how that stuff mm-hmm. works. I mean, honestly, even his his uh wife threatening fall on armor of god right d- doesn't look quite mm. as bad as it as it was yeah. you know it's just one just of those music.
1: things, but yeah he and well, as we'll see in the in the outtakes, he broke his ankle, got a cast over his ankle, and then put a sock over his cast that looked like his shoe so that he could keep doing shots,
2: <laughs> yeah, they painted it with incredible detail uh, um, I love that to match his shoe it it's like it looks like an optical illusion or something. It's when so I saw
1: cool. that, I was like, "Oh, Jackie, you shouldn't do that, man! <laughs> like that's that's yeah. really bad for your leg." <laughs> oh man! Uh, but and then he and then he's like water skiing, but doesn't have water skis, so he's just kind of like flopping all around on the water. Yeah, oh, that's such a cool bit. That
2: that is a really cool stunt when he's like yeah trailing mm-hmm. the boat where his
0: feet are the water skis. Yeah, uh, and you can see there that he's doubled. Like whenever there's a person jumping Mm -hmm. while they're uh being dragged behind the thing you can see that it's a stunt double that's doing the jump
2: and this is post-injury like we're saying so it's Mm -hmm. um it it, i mean it's it's still crazy to me that jackie's doing as many water stunts as as he is Mm -hmm. here it's yeah another he's just uh, once again putting his life Mm -hmm. on the line
1: yeah it's kind of a miracle (laughs) that jackie chan's still with us um oh, man. but uh one of my another amazing out of context clip of this movie is whenever he's on the beach and he picks up this little girl and is running as fast as he can away from a hovercraft like just imagining showing <laughs> someone that that has no idea what the movie is and then he tosses yeah, her it's yeah. very clearly a doll it's, like a, it's getting tossed a doll. right
2: it's this sweet idea though that jackie's gonna like save mm-hmm. this
1: innocent kid um but he, and yeah. it's funny cause that it because kid's like, <laughs> oh, wow, that kid's probably my age. Because that kid's like, that kid's maybe three or four. Jackie four. Chan saved you. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: live because mm-hmm. of his. Yeah, that's awesome.
1: But so now the hovercraft is out, out on the town and uh, just completely enveloping the streets, running over cars, crashing into other yeah. cars.
2: Do you think the hovercraft itself maybe is the rumble in the Bronx, <laughs> or do you think the rumble in the Bronx is like? It's just the the overall like antics of and shenanigans of the movie. I I don't know. I've never really. I've never really thought about about it that much. (laughs) Maybe we shouldn't think about it. Yeah, I don't
0: know. (laughs) Leading up to this, we all know Jackie loves cool cars, and this movie is no exception. So, uh, you've got this like really weird. It's like a spoiled rich guy with his girlfriend. And <laughs> yeah, <laughs> then the great. it's another gag where the hovercraft just kind of strips the paint off the top of it as it rolls over it. They're kind of at a loss. Like, how do we stop this thing? And Jackie sees the uh, car. It's a Lamborghini Countach. And he grabs the car. He smashes the, like, the, the they have these, the Countach has doors that raise up instead of opening to the side he smashes those <laughs> off and then he wedges in like a serrated like a sword mm-hmm. like it looks like yeah. some kind luckily, of luckily the, the sword from this store, store was yeah from this right shop. next door yeah, yeah the sword store <laughs> oh it's great um, so it's awesome he does this like game of chicken with a uh, hovercraft and then he kind of sidelines and slices the uh cushion for the hovercraft and that oh, kind dude, of dude the cushion <laughs> oh wow it all comes together. <laughs> oh man and and I love this too because this is kind of it for the gang but they still want to take down White Tiger and they know that White Tiger's like out golfing or something. So what they do is some dude just basically gives jackie a crash course in how to pilot a hovercraft yeah. <laughs> like five minutes worth of training and they take it to the golf course and basically run him down <laughs> it's, it's so, so funny it's so to like me. looney tunes en- <laughs> yeah. it's, just it's like random. the officer's like i endorse this yeah <laughs> this is- yeah
2: <laughs> this is justice
0: and the way they're so quickly able to put that final mission together is great because it's like literally like three minutes and you see like, <laughs> like duct tape on yeah. the side of yeah. the hovercraft <laughs> it's yeah. a great patch up job yeah oh so funny but the dude that plays white tiger really gets it bad because he like gets his clothes stripped off of him and you see his butt hanging out and then the 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 freeze frame if there was a freeze frame right it's it's of them all cheering yay we got him (laughs) and there is it is a literal freeze Mm -hmm. frame it is Mm. yeah yeah but it's it's trumped by i think one of my favorite sets of jackie's uh what do they call them ng's ng's not good? yeah not yeah good. <laughs> yeah um <laughs> i forgot about that and this <laughs> was gr- this was really this yeah. is also another
2: first for american audiences at the time yeah mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. unless you were a
1: very cool kid that it's saw the cherry on top to story jackie. then yeah. this would have been the first time you saw that
0: yeah and the this is also a difference too in the two versions because the hong kong version has a song by jackie and the uh, new line version has kind of this song what was it i wrote it down it's uh, the band is called ash and the song the name of the song is called mm-hmm. kung fu and in the song they mention jackie chan and but it works it, it fits really well and it's kind of like this high-energy song, and you've just been on this fun roller coaster. You've seen Rumble in the Bronx, and now you get to celebrate it again through these outtakes. Mm-hmm.
1: Celebrate by watching several people get taken away in stretchers.
0: Yeah, right. there's there's some really funny ones too. Actually, I think this is just me being stupid, but the, my favorite is just when Jackie's, like, walking up some steps and he stumbles and he just starts laughing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, <laughs> it's like, such a simple outtake that they just mm-hmm. kind of put in there. I love it. It's so funny. Well, and it's funny because um,
2: I think audiences that made Rumble the number one movie that weekend, I mean, they had to be thrilled watching it. But it's really in these end credits when I think Jackie probably became a superstar. Because there's yeah. there's something about his dedication and what it really means to make the kind of action film that you just saw that just sort of blew everyone's mind. And I don't know the, the kind of instant goodwill that Jackie had for, from American audiences from this point, although, you know, like, like you said, there are several attempts, so it probably didn't feel instant mm-hmm. to Jackie, but um, mm-hmm. it really, yeah, it was just like an incredible revel- revelation for, for folks and yeah this is I think still one of the classic uh NG reels. And it features maybe one of the greatest um Jackie Chan gifable moments, uh which is the thumbs up.
0: I've yeah, I've used it plenty of times in my life. <laughs> but yeah, that is
1: that is Rumble in the Bronx. And yeah, it is a absolute classic. Uh it's such a fun yeah, movie. Man.
0: Matthew so yeah had you? I had not ever seen before? it all the
1: way through I'd seen a lot of clips of it oh. I'd seen a lot of scenes oh shit. like I had seen the the fight and the hideout scene I think I'd seen some of the uh, hovercraft scene but yeah I never just sat down and watched the entire movie so that was a really cool experience
0: that's so, so cool, cool. That's, yeah I love that for me this is like I, I've kind of been using this term a bit is kung fu cinema comfort food yeah and oh totally i, I definitely would put rumble in the bronx with that it's oh like, my
2: gosh yeah best kind yeah. of comfort food and the only thing that makes it better is watching it with as many people as you
1: mm-hmm. can mm-hmm. definitely Thank you so much for checking out our show. If you like the show, then please leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on. Um, If you have any comments or anything you want to tell us directly, then please leave a comment on the post for this. That will be on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, which is at Heroes, the number three podcast. Thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit. If you're checking us out from there and next week, we're going to continue with our little Jackie Chan uh, exploration. So. Uh, I guess, Carlos, what's our training for next week?
0: Yeah, so we're we're continuing, like we said. Um, and the next film is uh, also very special in a different way. So we're going to see Samuel Hung. Uh, not only is he going to be in a short cameo in the film, but he's also behind the camera as the oh, director. Cool. And this is uh, 1997's Mr. Nice Guy. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have a lot of fun with this one as well. I can't wait.
2: Yeah, and this is definitely fresh on the heels of um, Rumble in the Bronx. We mentioned how it was such a breakout uh, success that it then led to a lot of Jackie's back catalog um, coming out. Mm-hmm theatrically and so this wasn't the this wasn't the following film to rumble in the bronx that came out in the theaters i think it was super cop but between the two um which we already covered on a previous Mm -hmm. episode but this um this was yeah this was uh shot and produced uh after after rumble and actually one of the last on-screen collaborations with jackie and Sammo, which Mm -hmm. we'll probably get into
3: also
1: I can't imagine being a producer at New Line Cinemas after Rumble in the Bronx makes all that money and people are clamming for Jackie Chan stuff and they're just sitting there like oh oh we'll give you some Jackie Chan <laughs>
3: <laughs> Jackie
2: Chan you yeah. say <laughs> yeah. all
3: right,
1: well until the next week we're taking a look at Mr. Nice Guy I'm Matthew I'm Marty I'm Carlos and we are the Heroes 3 remember your training